Hi there, Denise Drummond-Dunn speaking from C3 Centricity. I've got this week's post for you. It's called A Customer-First Approach to Successful Innovation. Whether you believe that 60% of new product launches fail or that the number is 80% or 95% or even higher, the truth is that successful innovation is rare. Why is this? Well, listen on for my own ideas of the reasons and some propositions of simple solutions for you. Last year, I wrote a highly popular post on improving ideation, insight and innovation, how to prevent further costly failures. In it, I spoke about the importance of starting the innovation process with customers. I also mentioned that it should be a virtuous circle rather than the funnel that most organisations still use today. This time, I want to examine the role of the customer in successful innovation and why they should actually have a prominent position throughout the process. Start with the category rather than just the customer. Every customer-centric organisation should start their processes with a review of the customers they are looking to please. However, in order to do this, the actual first step to both insight development and successful innovation is actually to identify the category in which you are or want to compete. Especially when looking to innovate, it is vital to identify what business you are in. Now, you probably can immediately answer that question, but would you be right? A recent client of mine was looking to launch a juice-flavoured soft drink. They naturally, perhaps, thought they would be in competition to juices. When we dug deeper using our home and away decision tool, we found they were actually competing with energy drinks for athletes. Another practice I use is to zoom in or zoom out when looking at a category in order to identify new opportunities. As if that isn't exciting enough, today's technology world is forcing many organisations to take another look at their complete business model, whether they like it or not. Telecoms have become geolocalization data providers to other industries. Pharmaceuticals are being forced to move from treating illness to maintaining wellness. Food companies are moving into nutraceuticals, concentrating the health benefits of certain foods. <laughs> Have they really only recently understood that our health comes primarily from the food we eat? Tobacco companies are reinventing personal pleasure systems with e-cigarettes and other tobacco replacement products. In fact, Andre Kolonzopoulos, Philip Morris International CEO, recently predicted a phase-out period for cigarettes. Wow! Alcohol providers are turning more and more to lower and non-alcoholic drinks trying to keep up with the interest in wellness. They have understood that whereas drinking is a social behaviour, most people no longer look to include getting drunk with that sociability. 
perhaps the young, but most of us know. From these examples, it is clear that most companies could benefit from a re-evaluation of their assumed category to see whether it has or will change in the near or longer term future. Once the category is defined, it becomes much easier to identify the correct customer segment to target. Of course, you still need to get to know them through customer connection sessions and then complete both a customer persona and journey map for them. Now, you do have these, don't you? Don't you? Your business is or will change and fast, so don't depend on your skills alone. One of the problems I see regularly when I first start working with a new client is that they start their innovation process from their strengths, their technical and product skills. While this may deliver quicker introductions, it is more likely to produce renovations and certainly not groundbreaking innovations. And that's what we all dream of, isn't it? This is such a standard, no-brainer way of innovating that many companies find themselves out of business as a result. Kodak thought that it was in the photo business and not in the memory and souvenir business. They consequently lost out to digital despite having the technology. Borders thought they were in the print book business rather than the storytelling business. As a result, they lost out to Kindle, despite a late reaction with the launch of Kobo. For now, Barnes & Nobles have managed to remain in the race with their nook, but for how long? It will certainly be interesting to see whether Amazon's quiet expansion of its physical bookstores will support or sound the death knell of other outlets. Blockbuster Video Rental lost their dominance of the home entertainment industry to streaming options like Redbox and Netflix. Now these are just a few examples of businesses that have changed, leaving the category leader high and dry with no one to blame but themselves for their lack of scenario planning. This won't happen to you, will it? Will it? And what about AI and VR and their impact on TV, gaming and music today? Speaking of which, look at the graph that's in the blog post which shows the incredibly fast change from offline to online music. In less than 10 years, online passed offline and all but annihilated it. This is how fast and well prepared all businesses need to be today. Many industries have been cloned into totally new businesses as a result of technology and new customer priorities. As just mentioned, telecom companies now make more money selling geolocalization data to other industries than they do selling phones and perhaps even lines. So what about some other industries that are being impacted by changes in customer behaviour and preferences? As just one example of this, food companies must now adapt to delivering family time, not just ready-made meals. There has therefore been a recent explosion in meal kits 
because families want to eat better and even prepare together. The future of the future. But enough about the past and present. How can you prepare for the future and have successful innovations? What new areas are some of the larger online companies buying into today and why? That should give us a hint, no? Google has gone from internet-related products and services to hardware such as Pixel smartphones and Google Home, an Amazon-like device. It has also expanded into a multitude of other industries through partnerships and investments. These include energy, augmented reality, virtual reality and eye tracking. It's clear that they intend to stay up to date, if not even ahead of fast-moving trends, and therefore be ready to benefit from them. Perhaps in preparation in the last year or so, Google has reorganised its various interests into a conglomerate called Alphabet. Google remains the umbrella company for Alphabet's internet interests, but this restructuring no doubt announces more to come from its investments. Virgin has gone from airlines, media and entertainment into travel, health and aerospace. Amazon has gone from an online bookstore to the general retail of a vast selection of products. In fact, today it is testing bricks and mortar stores for both books and general groceries. Facebook started as a social media and networking service. One year ago, its CEO Mark Zuckerberg revealed his 10-year vision centred around artificial intelligence, global connectivity, VR and AR. Tesla started in the automotive industry, but has since moved into energy storage and residential solar panels. Today, it is advancing into underground high-speed transport and space travel. All these examples show the importance of preparing to adapt to fast innovation change, impacting many industries at lightning speed. We no longer have the luxury of time to wait, watch and learn as we did in the past. Future scenario planning is the only way to be ready for all eventualities and to be able to quickly jump into any new opportunities before our competitors. Your next steps to future-proofing your innovation. Some of my clients understand that they are not as well prepared as they need to be for successful innovation. In my training course, I propose many different ideas. Here are just a few of them. Number one, working with new innovation levers. As already mentioned, most organisations start innovating from their past successes and current skills. While this is certainly quick, it is unlikely to lead to successful innovations. Why not challenge yourself to look at your business from a new perspective? The diagram shown in the blog is a simplified example of the innovation wheel that I use in brainstorming sessions with clients, those that are tired of thinking within their boxes. 
A personally adapted and developed wheel is a powerful tool to get people to think differently about their brand, category or offer. The brand expansion it encourages has seen brands like Gerber and Purina move into insurance, Nespresso move into China and chocolate, Mars move into ice cream, and VIX, which is now part of P&G, move from various cold remedies into a sleep aid. What all these examples have in common is a deep understanding of both their customers and their own brand image. When one or both of these are missing, you get epic failures, like for example Coca-Cola clothing. While it may work for sponsorship and promotions, clothing didn't work for them, at least this time round. Zippo's perfume for women. Zippo's got it spectacularly wrong with this offer on many fronts. Smoking and especially Zippo lighters have very masculine images. Replacing the wonderfully exotic and luxury glass bottles of perfume by this metallic, lighter look-alike was never going to work. Colgate's frozen food. The only thing that frozen entrees and toothpaste have in common is that after the first you need the second. From that to expecting consumers to make the jump from minty mouths to chicken was just too much. Number two, zooming out for brands and categories. When you are successful in one category, it can be tempting to extend into others. However, this needs to be done after careful thought. Go too far from the parent brand, as the above examples I just mentioned did, and you'll be doomed to failure. Stay too close, and you'll not benefit from anything more than a mere renovation. Companies which expand successfully are those that build on their strengths, whether image, position or technical know-how. One example I like to share of a successful innovation using this idea comes from Nespresso's owner, Nestle. They expanded from capsules for coffee into capsules for both hot and cold drinks with their Dolce Gusto. Nestle then expanded their systems into Baby Ness, a capsule system for bottle feeding. I can imagine that they will be looking to extend their system ideas even further in the future. Perhaps they'll consider adding minerals, vitamins and supplements to food and drinks. Or targeting specific groups of consumers such as seniors or athletes. It will certainly be interesting to see what comes next. Number three, zooming into a category niche. It is possible to innovate by zooming in rather than out of the category in which you are currently competing. There are again many examples of this, since in theory at least, it is simpler because you already know the category customers and can segment to appeal more strongly to certain groups of them. Food manufacturers use this strategy a lot. They often extend into low-calorie, low-fat, and more recently into gluten-free, OMG-free or lactose-free offerings. Online marketers depend a lot upon finding the right niche for their product or service offer. 
they have the advantage over bricks and mortar stores of collecting a wealth of personalized information. Together with machine learning, they can quickly develop algorithms to precisely target each person within relevant offers. I don't believe that offline retail will ever catch up, however long they collect data. Unless, of course, they have an online sales strategy too. In conclusion, so there you have some ideas on how you can improve the frequency of launching successful innovations, whether working with scenarios, innovation levers, zooming in or out, the one element every strategy has in common is customer understanding. Now, you wouldn't expect anything else from me, would you? Going forward, just remember, it's important to know and understand your customers intimately today, but also how they're likely to change tomorrow. It's important to understand the category you really are competing in and what customers think about it. It's important to understand your brand's image and ensure it's aligned with any future innovations you consider. What new ways are you looking at to successfully innovate in this fast-paced, constantly changing and challenging world? I'd love to hear your ideas and thoughts about the above ideas and perhaps add a couple of new ones. I'd really appreciate it. Just go on the blog on C3Centricity and add your comments. Thanks for listening and until next time. Bye for now.